Hello and welcome to yet another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. This show is for entertainment purposes only and extremely not safe for work. And I am back to using my old microphone. Uh, it feels good to get the old microphone back from my face, but... Um, so I've always thought microphones look like giant cocks because they do. And I always thought that was weird because uh, in nature, um, ears are not shaped like giant cocks. We do not have giant cocks just dangling from the side of our heads. We have uh, what are essentially vaginas on the side of our heads. Uh, so I always wondered why a microphone is like a giant cock rather than a giant vagina. Uh, if you know the answer, then, uh, well, please write in at Hanson Asset on Twitter and... Uh, let me know so I may be cured of my outrageous ignorance. But today I'm going to cure you of your outrageous ignorance, and we're going to talk about how to read a 10K part one. So the first thing I do is I go to Gmail because I made up a random email to sign up for Doka so I could get email alerts whenever a new 10Q or 10K uh, arrives for a stock I'm interested in. I let you do about, I think, 50 stocks. And so when I'm interested in one, I just click it and I go back and that just shows me I've read it and I can scroll down and see what I've missed. And it keeps me up to date with the new things that are coming out. Uh, so anyway, so I use that for alerts and then I use Safari actually to open it. And I use Safari because Chrome won't actually work. So I'm just gonna type in Edgar into Google, go to company search page. Today we're gonna be talking about Uber. Click that, and we really want uh, just the most recent 10Q, which is going to appear right here. Uh, we're going to go to menu to get out of this ridiculous formatting. We just want to go to HTML. Then we are going to download this to books. All right, and now that it's in books, I can do all sorts of really cool things. I can write in little notes. I can highlight, I can bookmark pages, I can easily scroll to where I want to be. Uh, so I'm actually going to back out of this, kind of like a cooking show. We're going to go to the one I have pre-made, this Uber 2021 1Q, and we are going to begin this presentation. So let's start off by going to the balance sheet on page 8. Okay, so what we're doing when we're reading a 10K is... We're finding the information we need in order to do a valuation. And so with a valuation, we want to know, we want to have some semblance of an iota of what the future cash flows are going to be. And we want to understand the company's cash position today. So for example, uh, they have cash. Let me, let me switch to a green so I can kind of, or yeah, switch to a green on my pen here. So I can kind of dot and you can follow along visually. Oh, by the way, this is a video on YouTube. I guess I should have mentioned that at the top of the show. Uh, three of you can watch it on YouTube and the other 29 of you can listen to it uh, on your favorite podcast uh, streaming app, internet. Let's see. So we have cash. That sounds like cash. Oh, that's a shitty green. Let's do maybe a blue. That's a shitty blue. I don't I think I just don't like the pencil, honestly. Kind of like the marker. Okay, so we're going to do green. Cash sounds like cash. Uh, Short-term investments sounds like cash. Restricted cash, I'm actually not going to count because it's uh, restricted. Which means it isn't readily available to us as shareholders. 
Oh, by the way, I do not own Uber. Uh, this isn't the type of company I would uh, really be interested in, but um, is the subject of this video nonetheless. Uh, investments. That sounds like cash to me. Uh, equity method investments. That sounds like cash. And then, so now we have the cash side of it. Now we want to look at uh, the debt side of it. Uh, so, of course, we have long-term debt, net of the current position. I don't think I had any short-term debt. Mm, none that I could see. And then this other note here, they have uh, other long-term liabilities. Eh, uh, probably don't want to count that, actually. That's mostly just unpaid taxes. Um, and it didn't seem like an exorbitant amount. Is that a word? Exorbitant? I believe it is. So what we're going to do is find the net cash position. So I'm just going to 4.8, 0.8. This real quick, back of the envelope. 11.8. Point one. See, if you're watching the video, you know where, where I was getting these numbers from. Uh, let's see. Was that six, seven, eight? Is that 18 and a half? Okay. And then 18 and a half minus, uh, we'll just call it 7.8. We're just going to count the long-term debt. I'm not going to count the uh, other long-term liabilities. So let's see. That's seven. That cancels out. Okay. You're looking at about a 10.7 net cash position. I also saw someone on the Twitter machine saying that one of their investments, I forget which one, was about to be written up because that company was going to go public for a much higher valuation than Uber was carrying um, that company on the books. Only that added like another $7 billion of valuation. So, I mean, you could look at that 10.7 net cash as 17.7 if you were so inclined. I don't think it's going to matter because I think this company sucks, but just something to be aware of. Let's go to number nine. Now we're looking at the income statement. All right, so a few things. So you have their revenue. And so if you're watching the video, you see there's an asterisk next to their 2021 revenue uh, line item, which is 2.9 billion. And that's because of something called the UK accrual. And I've written a note of it. It's $600. Uh, this is $600 down. So the revenue if without it would be $600 higher. Uh, we're going to go to page 60 to get some more color on the subject, which is a dumb term, but I'm a slave to convention. Uh, let's see. And this really just talks about what the UK accrual was. Essentially, uh, the UK said, hey, you owe all your UK drivers um, back pay for holidays and things. You've been counting them as contractors. They're really not, et cetera, et cetera. So, it's up to you, I'm going back to page nine here. Uh, it's, it's up to you to figure out if that's a one-time event or if that's a sign of things to come. So when we're doing evaluation, we're not really too concerned with one-time events. Okay, because they're not gonna get hit with this every year, right? Well, maybe that's wrong. Maybe they will be getting hit with these things every year and we need to incorporate that into our uh, estimates for future cash flows. Uh, it is not my job here to do that. I am merely uh, doing a cursory guide. So we're just gonna keep going. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Okay, so this line item, other income. Uh, so we're going to page 38. Well, I should, I should mention for the folks who aren't watching the video. Uh, so in 2021, this other income is a $1.7 billion plus and in 2020, it's a $1.8 billion minus. Those are big numbers. For a company that has about $3 billion in revenue, having 1.8 plus or minus due to this other income, that's a huge swing. So we need to investigate. Page 38. 
Uh, and you can just do a search. Another cool thing about having it on the iPad here or your computer is you can just like search for, you know, other income. And you can go through all the results until you find one that is to your liking. So here we go. Uh, we find that in 2021, the 1.7 gain is mostly due to a gain on business divestitures. Uh, it talks about how they sold, let's see. Okay, they sold ATG business to Aurora for $1.6 billion. Okay, that's probably not something that's gonna keep happening every year, right? They're not gonna constantly be selling off parts of their business. One second. And then in 2020, uh, most of the $1.8 billion minus was due to impairment of debt and equity securities. Uh, this was an impairment charge of 1.9 billion, primarily related to our investment in DD. I don't know what DD is. I also don't care, but if I cared about the Uber, I would care about uh, DD. Where am I going to? I'm going back to nine, apparently. Why am I going back to nine? Uh, I think that was it for nine. I don't think we had to go back to nine. Thank you, cue card. Okay, page 13. Okay, now we're on the cash flow statement. I should mention, I skip over, oh, oh skip is a harsh word. Uh, I gloss over um, these ones in between. These will tell you what's happening to the share count. You can see why they're going up, why they're going down. Young companies like this, they're just gonna create shares like wildfire because these companies are pre-profit, as they like to call themselves. Uh, so they can just print money by printing shares. Anyway, let's go back to uh, the cash flow statement. So really what I care about here is the depreciation versus the CapEx. Uh, so CapEx can be different line items for different companies. Um, a lot of times you can do a search for CapEx or capital expenditures, and it'll they'll give you an estimate for the year and tell you what they've paid in the last quarter or last year. And you wanna try to sync that up to different line items in the cash flow statement to see where they're getting, pardon me, those numbers from. So for this company, it's pretty simple. It's just purchases of property and equipment. And those numbers line up pretty well with what they have for depreciation and amortization. So there's really no adjustment is necessary here. And plus these numbers are relatively small uh, compared to the revenue. But um, for some companies, or well, there's no profit to be had, but for some companies, uh, there's a big difference between the depreciation and what the actual CapEx is. Like for example, with Google and Facebook. Uh, they spend shit tons of money on new data centers. And because this is a somewhat recent development, these massive expenditures, uh, the depreciation uh, understates the capital expenditures. And I should do a video on the relationship between CapEx and depreciation, because I think it is important to understand. But that will not be this video, I have decided. I have ordained... I'm rereading Game of Thrones, and so all new words are just popping up into my lexicon. Words like ordain. Now, let's see, we're on page 18 under some pretense. Okay, so it breaks down the revenues. So when you're investing in a company, it's very important to understand where the revenues are coming from. Uh, what are the key drivers of growth? So they split it up into mobility, delivery, and freight. And I had no idea what that meant. So I went searching and I found the different pages where they reference it. And essentially, uh, mobility is the fees from Uber drivers. So let's say you have a $30 fare, okay? Uber doesn't collect that fare and then pay the driver. No, it actually works the opposite way. Instead, the driver collects that fare 
and then pays Uber. And it might seem like a small point, uh, but it's actually kind of important. So for example, um, eBay, if I were to sell a hundred dollars worth of stuff on eBay, um, and then give eBay their 15% cut, their $15 cut on the eBay 10 K under revenue, it's only going to show that $15. All right. Um, if you were a startup and you were trying to kind of overstate your numbers, uh, you probably would show the hundred under your revenue. I know uh, this one startup, a few people I know are doing, and that's essentially what they're doing to catch investors eyes. They're claiming $10 million in sales. Well, never mind the fact that the vast majority of that money they never actually see because it's just going to um, contractors and whatnot. But you, know, you want to get investors' attention, $10 million in sales is a pretty good way uh, to do it. Uh, but in any case, uh, back to Uber. And so, okay, they have mobility, which has gone down. This is quarter over quarter. They have delivery, which has gone up. Oh, I should, I should mention, how did they mention? Uber is uh, the fees, Uber drive, sorry, back up. Mobility revenue is the fees that Uber drivers pay Uber to drive on the Uber platform. Okay, well said, Dan. Uh, delivery revenue, that's like Uber Eats. So it could be the restaurant, the grocery store, uh, also the drivers. And you can see that's gone way up, which makes sense, you know, due to COVID. One second. Um, and the mobility revenue is actually being understated by the $600 due to that UK accrual. Uh, that's where that's showing up. So that 800 should actually be 1,400. Uh, 1,453,000,000 if you want to get technical. And then freight revenue, uh, that's uh, freight. I mean, just shipping things, apparently. Awesome analysis. Let's go to 20. Uh, this is where it breaks it down. Uh, you can also break it down by uh, geographical location if one were so inclined, which I am not. I'm rather declined at the moment. Speaking of being declined, uh, it shows their different investment positions. Companies like Didi, Aurora, and Grab. A Donald Trump joke came to mind, but I will not because I'm trying to be professional on the show. I am very much not, but I'm just going to skip anyway. Yeah, I don't care about their investments. I don't really care on the company. But if I did, I would look up to see what they're invested in. I just don't. But if I did. 56, uh, speaking of investments, uh, they just bought uh, Postmates. That's something to be aware of. Uh, so yeah, backing up. So basically you go through the 10K and you just look for things you would care about, like what they're invested in you would care about, what they've acquired you'd care about, what they've divested you'd care about, different uh, lawsuits they're um, uh, being pursued in uh, you would care about, um, different segments of their business. Uh, the different drivers of cost, different drivers of revenue. These are just all things to be interested in. So the cool thing about looking at it in this uh, books app on your iPad is you can highlight things, you can bookmark things, and you can make notes. That's just the UK accrual. Uh, what do I want? 62. What's, what's this? Okay, so these are some different metrics. Uh, so monthly active platform uh, consumers. Uh, this is just basically how many people are using Uber. So it actually went down quarter over quarter. Um, the number of trips actually went down quarter over quarter, uh, but the gross bookings went up. Uh, so basically what that means is there's less trips, but the amount of money per trip is actually going up. Now, gross bookings, this number, this uh, $19.5 billion, this is much higher than the revenues. The revenues are about $3 billion. So what gives? Well, gross bookings, remember the eBay example, like the 100 versus the 15? This gross bookings is the 100. 
This is like the total $30 fare, not just what Uber is getting. So that number has gone way up, uh, 24%, uh, quarter over quarter. And uh, revenue has gone down 11%. But when you exclude the UK accrual, that $600 penalty in back pay, um, revenue has actually gone up 8%. And the point of this is that's why it's important to not just look at the end results. You want to look under the hood and see where these numbers are coming from. Uh, let's see, 76 uh, monthly active users. This kind of shows you. Facebook has this kind of stuff too. It's pretty cool. You can just, you know, it breaks it down. These are important variables. Uh, number of trips, you can see how that's doing. So in other words, uh, they've, they still haven't recovered from pre-COVID. So fourth quarter 2019, they had 111 million monthly active platform consumers. Okay. Uh, the last quarter, they had 98. So that's still down. Uh, the number of trips was 1.9 billion the fourth quarter of 2019. Last quarter, it was about 1.5 billion. So that number is still down. Uh, but gross bookings uh, is up. And, um, you know, supply and demand, it can work different ways. So if there's less Uber drivers driving around, that means there's less supply so when you want to ride, you might pay more. And so as COVID lightens up and there's more uh, people, there's more demand, well, that might mean a lot more supply. So you're not really quite sure how supply and demand are going to shake out. If um, the cost per trip is going to go up from here or down from here, I don't know. But if you were really interested in this company, that's something you'd probably want to have some sort of uh, inkling of. Uh, let's see, 77, did I already do 77? Yeah, we're on 77, perfect. I think that's the end of the show. Anything else? Uh, what's this? Ah, uh, these are just their different investments. My two fucks have already been given about that. Sorry, my two cents. Um, okay, so then when I'm done with a uh, with a 10k or a 10q, uh, I back out of here, and I can rename it. I can mark it as red, and I can move it to a collection. So it's a really nice way to keep everything organized. So I have this listed under Uber, I would suppose. I'm sure I can't find it, but you can imagine what a file called Uber looks like. And uh, then, because I'm extremely pedantic, I keep track. I have a, a reading goal of the year of 52 of these um, with an hour goal every weekday. You can see I missed on Tuesday. I had important business to attend to. I had to drive to the suburbs for a game of Star Wars Armada. Priorities, priorities. Um, yeah, so this keeps checking my goal for me. And then, because I'm insufferable, I also use Google Docs. Where is this? Where is Google Docs? And I keep track of all the ones I've read. And then I also have this which uh, I can just mark off the ones I've read and I can see the ones I've missed. And these are all the companies that I give uh, you know, some iota to. I don't think I'm using the word iota. I think I just used it 50 times this episode. Anyways, any case, uh, yeah, that's really uh, the show. And so this has been How to Read a 10K, somewhat literally, somewhat uh, figuratively, I suppose. <laughs> Am I getting retarded in my old age? So once... Um, once I was sitting on my bed, and I, I just got back from volunteering at this dragon boat race, and in, maybe I talked about this in the show before, but um, they they had all these mentally disabled children, 
actually no there were adults i made it worse there were adults and they were in a boat and they had a race but the race was staged so the mentally disabled people would win the race and when they crossed the line uh you know, the announcer flubbed which one won and everyone was just kind of laughing and, you know, no one was in on the joke. Sorry, everyone was in on the joke except for the disabled adults. And I remember thinking, like, I know it's well-intended, but when does the condescension end for these people? Um, I don't know. It really bothers me when people uh, trick disabled people into thinking they're winning or think they're scoring a touchdown and I know it's well intended but to me it just it's it just screams kind of century I'm just a negative person that's how I look at it so anyway uh so as I was thinking of that I was thinking like maybe I'm mentally disabled I went there I had that thought like what if I am uh mentally retarded and I thought no like everyone is always telling me how smart I am I'm like well sounds like something you would tell a retarded person like oh yeah johnny you're, you're so smart and i like, well no no like i'm getting a's in all my classes at school and i'm like well what if i'm just taking like retarded person classes you know maybe they're like really easy and so i i finally came to the conclusion like no i'm not retarded i'm actually quite intelligent and so i go to get up off my bed but i had been listening to something on my computer with my headphones and the headphones were still in my ear and they were still connected to the computer so as I got up, I was like, pulled back to the bed, and the one headphone flew out of my one ear, circled around my head, and hit me in the temple on the other side of my head. And then I had a moment of realization that just because I'm smart does not mean I'm not also retarded.